Hey bro, you wanna collab? Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of Extra Reverb. Please, please rescue us. We've literally been listening to this since the last episode. He won't put this guitar down. Get that 90. It's almost as if he doesn't have calluses. Or maybe he does. Wait, did you hear that? Guys, was that 9-8? I messed eight? up the riff, so I have to stop playing now. Oh, finally. You see, he's such a great guitarist. He's been keeping it going this whole time. Hey, guys. It's me. It's your boy. It's Jacob. Oh, you missed it. I literally did like a stance Tom would do as I said that because I'm still standing up. You know what? I'm going to stand up for a minute. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me. It's your boy. I was it's playing my Domino. ES333 for like hours, and they finally shut me up so we could record the podcast. I finally messed up after hours of playing. I got to say, I'm pretty impressed with myself. I was created in God's image. I don't know what to tell you. And we're also here, of course, with God's Coker, plan. a.k.a. God's plan. Coker. Coker Easler. Coker. I just realized I was singing rock. I just realized I thought there was, there's, isn't there some song called where the guy's like, God's, it's like some rap song where the main thing is the guy going, God's plan. God's plan. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I was singing it like accurate. that. I was singing like that. I was going like, Dude. God's plan, God's plan. And I realized that's you just know, Roxanne. You know, I say that because I'm that's that's better Roxanne. now. God's plan. <laughs> Dude, it's Drake. Should, Jacob, yeah, me and um, you should form a Jacob, me and you should form a Christian punk band. We should, dude. That's kind of what Al City does sometimes. Uh, I think that's what he's gonna do with Reliant K. Even though he said that years ago and still hasn't done it. So awkward, Sawi. Um, can I flex for a second? What? I'm gonna flex for a second. Okay, so I want to get. I thought you were. I thought you. I thought you were actually about to like talk about something you got. Not you're gonna. That's it. God's plan by Drake. No, but no. Actually, no. I actually, I actually do have something. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were gonna pull a joke and be like, "I'm about to flex about something," and then just because you're standing up, flex, but you can't see it because your camera's gone. I did. I did (laughs) technically. I did. I did do that. Uh, Two things. I do want to flex, and I meant to say this in the last episode. I did get a Dyson vacuum. Uh, so I'm the coolest guy in the block. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I need to sample it, give you guys some <laughs> sounds. It's a bzzzt. Um, secondhand, it's completely off topic. Uh, Linz, or Lindsay, I think it's Linz. You may know her. She was in my song, Christmas Wish. You know, let's have a snowball fight. But while the gingerbreads may come to life if they're feeling up for it. Uh, she followed me on Twitter. Uh, in fact, both my accounts. Uh, she did not follow Austin because I'm better. In every way, more talented, more handsome. So I wanted to say thank you and come on the podcast sometime. We should have you on. It'd be awesome. Okay, I'm going to go now. Okay. Go where? I'm across the room. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, really? That's surprising. Yeah. Um, Why do you follow? Why do you follow PlayStation? On Twitter? Yes. Why do you follow PlayStation? Because I'm a big fan of PlayStation. I've been playing PlayStation since, like, birth. Why? What do you... Why? Why? Dude, it's the best console ever. Why do you, okay, why do you follow Dream? 
I want to ask, why do you follow Dream? Well, okay. I used to be a Dream fan back before he was toxic. Well, quit. Quit. Quit it. No. You're going to get... I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to cancel your mom. Okay, why do you follow... Doing your mom. Why do you follow Surin? Why do you follow Surin? Why? Who's that? That's super Surin cool, bro. Me Su- first. Super cool, bros. Oh, six. That's one of my buddies. What's wrong with? How? When did he? Wrong? When did he, he? When did you two start following each other? Dude, he followed me like ages ago, like over a year ago. I've been following him back. Uh, I watch his streams from time to time, and they're cringe because his mom comes in and yells at him. She <laughs> okay. does. Right, I have a clip this. of enough it. Of this. Um, why do you right. follow YouTube? Why are you going through my followers? Why because do you follow do. YouTube? Why YouTube? I hope it's I like want the worst Susan. Be, I want Susan with Chicky to, to notice on me, Twitter. so we can go out on a date and she can become my sugar mama. Does that answer your question? This is a weird topic for the extra reverb. Why are you going through my followers? Here, here, uh, audio, audio, audio. Why does Jacob follow Susan Wojcicki? Uh, khakis. John Lennon, twenty twenty one. John Lennon. There we go. That's how, yes, that's how we're that's gonna my, get. That's, that's how actually. We're gonna, that's how we're gonna get every topic that has nothing to do with audio related audio. Just end off hey, everything John, that doesn't have anything it, to do with it with it's John, a John Lennon, nineteen sixty eight. Yeah, that's hey, good John. stuff. It's good stuff. Why do you think um, J- Jacob McDomino follows YouTube on Twitter? You don't even sound like John Lennon when you do that. You sound like you sound. You sound like Lemmy trying to do an impression of like like he that. So, he sounds like I Rocky. Can't do Lennon after a fight. And he's like, dude, we could. The moment Lynn's hears this conversation, she's gonna pass on the podcast. We had no, we had a <laughs> uh, what was it? We we there's this guy at my school named Brian. I know that guy. He's my friend. He's like, and yeah, and he's like one of them dudes that's like short, but he's got muscles, so it makes him look even more short. And he was about to get in a fight with some dude. And so everyone started calling him Rocky McAllister because that's his last name. So we all start calling him Rocky McAllister. Oh, no. And then we either called him Rocky McAllister or Brian Balboa. Hey, guys, by the way, Austin's now 23. So we get to sing a Blink-182 song on the podcast. Sorry, I didn't do it last episode. Okay. By this point, I've probably been 23 That's about the time you walked away from me. Uh, twenty three. Dude, by this point, I've probably been like a, I've probably been twenty three for like a month by the time this episode comes out. No, by the time this episode comes out, he'll probably have been twenty three. He's probably twenty four. So that's yeah. about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're twenty four. I want to point this out. I want to point this out. I tagged world. I tagged Austin and Jacob in a tweet I made earlier today. Saying recording extra reverb with world famous secret and cosmic domino, and it's a video of me just drinking a Tahitian treat, and neither of them liked it. Jacob liked it, but it wasn't on the cosmic domino; it was on lucid domino. So well, I'm not yeah, I'm that. lucid domino on this podcast. What are you dumb or something? I'm not no, gonna, no, no. I'm not gonna like you on my actual good okay, Twitter. Okay, I just, I just saw it. I just saw it. Okay, Coker, I have you muted on Twitter. I'm gonna be honest. So I do have, I. Okay. What? what why? Why? Because do you, you retweets too much. You, you retweet stuff too much. Everything, and it's all Thomas. I'm sick of it. No more Thomas on my feed, dude, dude. Nobody, dude. Half my people who follow me follow me because they like the stuff I retweet. I know, and we're you guys in are the, the other only half. people mad about it. One tweet about Thomas is too much Thomas. 
I'm not saying stop doing it. I'm just saying that's why. Well, look I at this, Jacob. Do. Quit talking about Tom DeLonge and Owl City. <laughs> no, I would never do we it. Don't retweet everything about them. Oh uh, no, I know why you guys muted me. You guys muted me because you didn't like the tweet I made with the dude from American Psycho looking at the record player, going, "Hey, look at this!" And it's the caption that said, "Jacob and Austin listening to the worst song ever, probably an Owl City song." That's that's when I blocked you on Twitter. I've had you muted for five years. I've you haven't even known me for five years. What do you mean? (laughs) I was gonna say, Coco, it's actually because you retweet everything. That's not an exaggeration. (laughs) Tweet to be like, oh, did you know that pandas like like I don't know bamboo? You retweet (laughs) it. I don't care. (laughs) It's like (laughs) it's like um. Did you know John Lennon predicted the Wall Street crash in 2008? (laughs) Did you know that John Lennon was responsible for the market crash in 2008 that left a lot of people out of jobs and homes? (laughs) All right, seriously, serious. Speaking of John Lennon, uh, Dead Mouse actually made a video. No, wait, Dead Mouse was on stream. What's up? Dead Mouse was on stream, and he started ranting about kicks. Now Jacob presented Ooh, this topic I love this one. to us, so let me let me go with this. Please do. Here is the I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna emulate Joel, uh, you know, Dead Mouse a little bit here. And here's here's something that like it was a nice kick in the face. People love to say, dude, tune your bass. You gotta tune that bass, okay? Tune that bass, tune that fat kick drum. I, I should have said kick drum, not bass. Uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, tune your kick drum. What are you doing? And then here's where Dead Mouse comes in, okay? A kick drum is not bass. Bass is bass. A kick is a transient. You don't tune it. You turn down the decay, and it's there. It's a boom. It's a it's a percussion. It's drums. It's not a bass, uh, unless, I don't know, maybe you do some kind of fancy tricks to it. You know, every song is different. You do things your own way. And something Adam Young once said, and it's a beautiful quote that we still quote to this day, if it sounds good, it is good. But no, people love to talk about tuning kick drums. When you sound and, good. and mostly in the EDM world, it, it's a whole different thing in the EDM world. They they do things differently than us. You know, they're the outcast. Um, you don't have to tune a kick drum. That's not what they're meant to be used for. They're your drums. They're your backing. They're like the bones of your project. You know. Um, he also said more to this, and um, I can't remember anything else he said in that video. You know, do you, Austin, Austin? It, Austin, in memory of John Lennon, which we mentioned a lot, you should mix this podcast like. LCR, so you should have like I don't know you all the way in the left, Jacob all the way in the right, and like me in the center. <laughs> Just have it mixed like that, dude. Back in my early days of music production, I didn't know what I was doing, so I panned my drums like you know, a kick to the left, a oh. snare to the right, and I remember us specifically saying, "Dude, tune it to the center. You're not the Beatles." And yeah, was, Austin was, said that to me too. I remember that. No, no, that's exactly how I figured out. Like, how the, the, I used to be so obsessed with like old mixing styles, I would always have like bass all the way in the left, drums all the way in the right. And Austin said the exact same thing to me. He's like, dude, (laughs) you're not the Beatles. Put them in the center. (laughs) Dude, that taught me a lot. Um, That did teach me a lot. The only time you want to tune drums, I mean, not tune drums, but if you want to uh, pan it, is if it's for a specific effect. Like, oh, this could be like uh, some like, uh, you know, snares on the left or something like that, like a specific part of the song. But you don't, yeah. pan your drums normally. They stay in the center. They're like the backbone of your project. I want to do an album that... I want to record an album in mono. I want to record an album that's just... Cur- every like music production tip that you would use to make good music, I'm going to do the opposite of that. No, like, Jacob, I'm saying we should record... 
We should record an album in mono. You could. I mean, if you make a if you make your cool. track sound good in mono, it's gonna sound great in stereo. No, you know, some people. Um, I don't know. Some true. people say like, the if you can make so- your mix sound good in mono, it, it'll come out good. That's sort in of stereo. True. Yeah, there's a there's a thing that I, I, I I've told Austin actually about this, and he agrees with me. It's a really good technique. If you want to make a good balance with vocals and among your mix, it's a good thing to go. And I use the gain plugin in Logic because Logic doesn't let you have the whole mix be mono. But I take the gain plugin on the master channel or the output channel. Reason doesn't channel. technically either. Yeah. But um, with you reason, go to the you can get a. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. You can go. Pro Tools doesn't either. I was going to say, reason, Uh, you, you can get a rack extension, which I, I have because I love it to death. It's called Selic Gain. Also, get Selic DS Server if you're going to get Selic Gain. And with Selic D, uh, uh, gain, it, I mostly use it as a meter check, and it also has a mono switch in it. Yeah, Holy same. crap, does it make uh, your mixes just so much easier to mix, because you can check yeah. your mix in mono at any time, and then you can obviously, you can turn up or down the master technically with it, which but, I never touch. Yeah, but yeah, And it's no, a good meter. It's a good meter to like see like how loud thing or about how quiet it. your song is. The, the whole method that I told Austin is, you know, I learned it from a guy. We we might want to use this as a segue to talk about the guy about the monitors and the headphones because it's. The Were we done with the dead him. mouse thing though? Uh, because I know he said more on that. He he actually. Oh yeah, let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. He said some cool things, and the only thing I can remember off the top of my head was the kick drums. Uh, there's more to it if you yeah. remember it. Austin. He said like awesome. keep your kick drum short so that it doesn't. Yep, turn rumble. down that decay. Turn down that decay. You don't want it really longer than an eighth note because it's a kick. You know. It's not a ki- yeah. It's a kick. Yeah, not supposed. It's not to an be, instrument. You know, it's not, yeah. uh, it's not supposed to be used as an instrument. Again, it's a transient. Right. Yeah. No, but um, like I was Dude, saying, he also. Oh, sorry. No, you can finish it because uh, we're still I guess on we're, this topic. I guess we're. I guess we're doing it again. Sorry, Coker. I was gonna say he also taught me in his master class a long time ago, but it's great. A bit of advice. Pretty much everything you're gonna want to always give it a high pass at twenty hertz. Always. Yeah. Otherwise, it's gonna sound that, that, like uh, mumbled garbage and, and like actual professional monitors, like uh, like a concert. You know what I mean? All you hear is. Yeah, no, I, that's what I do. I do that when I'm mastering. I don't do it when I'm mixing. But when I found when I when I, if you want to know how I master things, I take the song, I'll bounce it, bounce it to an M4A, because you know I'm like be different. Bounce it to an M4A, put it in the not an not put, an AIFF. Put it in the. Uh, I put it in the actual mix project out at the bottom. I put right. it down there and I solo it and then I EQ it, add the compression, you know, the limiting or whatever I want to add. And uh, yeah, when I'm EQing, I always add the, I add a very high low pass and a very low high pass to sort of yeah, that's a good, that's, get that's all a the, idea. get all the, get all the really high end stuff that you can't hear, but it doesn't sound good. Get that out. And then get all the weird low end stuff that's too rumbly. Get that out. I I am usually less worried about the high end, but I still try to give most things at least some form of a low pass just in case. Uh, cause you yeah. never know, man. And Austin, I, I wanted to ask real quick uh, about the twenty hertz cut. Uh, 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 high. Oh, yeah, high pass. It are sub are is sub bass an exception to that? Like. Cause you know it's a sub, right? So you want it pretty low. I, I I'm not too sure uh, on that. Sub bass, I don't think it is no. Cause there's a difference between sub and rumble. Okay, that makes sense. You can have something that's subby, but something that isn't rumbly. Cause if it's rumbly, that means you can't even tell that there's a note going on. You just hear, you know. Yeah. But there is such thing as too much low end EDM guys. 
For me, I don't do that 20 hertz low cut until I'm master, like Coker said. Yeah. But because I it, EQ it, it as can I make go a lot when you're the mixing. Time is the thing. I do a lot of EQing as I go, which does make the mixing process a lot easier for me. But um, the thing is, usually when I'm mixing, everything gets a high pass anyway, except for like the kick. Usually the kick. Right, that makes it's, sense. Yeah. So if there's a sub kick, then I won't do it on that either. But again, I do the 20 hertz cut when I'm mastering and 20 kilohertz as well. I like to, um, when I'm doing bass, because I do acoustic bass or electric bass, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't do synth bass, but unless the synth sounds enough like a E bass that I can use it. Yeah, I, I mostly use synth um, bass. I, I, always, I always add a bit of a mid increase. I always crank up the mids be, to help get that tonality of the notes a bit more through. Tonality! Know? Because if you get, because if you get, you know, if you crank, if there's not enough mid, you just, you hear... All you're hearing is like boom, 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 boom. But then you hear, you get that mid and you get like ding, 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 You know, you start to hear the actual notes being played. I mean, the mid is where like everything lies that isn't uh, yeah. some kind of like percussion yeah. or bass, you know? Yeah. And that's what I told Austin earlier. I, I've been doing the mastering lately for the new Sweet Tuesday stuff. And for the longest time, I just could not stand the sound of mid range until eventually I realized, you know, I, I've gotten so used to hearing things without a lot of mid that I've gotten to the point where I hate mid. So I need to just sort of force myself to add mids back in. So what I did was I literally just looked. That's a weird problem used, to have. I got to say, <laughs> I hate the mids. Yeah. I use stairway to heaven as a reference for the amount of mids I should have and went with that. So now everything sort of has more mids to it and it, it sounds all good to me. I can run it through the different things I use and it sounds like something professional you know, and I'm really liking it. So I, I sort of have to learn to force myself to put mids in because I don't think it sounds good with the mids in. But then That's I funny. bounce it and everything and I listen to it. It actually sounds really good with the mids. Not to mention a lot of the soul of the sound lies in the mids. You know, like with the bass, you know, Austin, I think the whole thing with my mids and bass came from when Austin one day I was mixing and the bass was in there and you could feel it. But Austin said, Coker, I can't hear the bass. I can feel it, but I can't hear any of the notes. Yeah. And that's when it sort of kicked in my head. You know, the bass isn't about being there as the low. It isn't there, about yeah, that's being a there great as point the you're bringing up. Bass. Yeah, that's a great it's point. About, it's about being there as a note, as the low end music, you know, as the musical low end. Yeah, you should definitely have some mids in your bass. That's something I also yeah. kind of learned recently. Like, you should, like, bring up, if you bring up some mids, and I'd say, like, around, like, 500 to, like, 700-ish, 750 Sometimes you have to like give a little like EQ boost on that to like really make it more hearable instead of being felt. Yeah, and no, um, and like another great guy to learn this stuff from, and this sort of can get me back. It's on what my I was trying dad. To find He's great at EQing. Yeah. Look him no, up. Go, He's a great dead guy <laughs> to look at for music tips. And this is a topic, but it's it helps out a lot, and it sort of lets me get back to what I was talking about with the mono thing. Um, another great guy is House of Kush. He does. He has this House series called Kush, Kush After Hours. And nice. like, you know, and first off, you know, you know, he's about to be real when you listen to his audio and it all sounds like this. Hi, welcome to Kush. You know, there's like nothing but bass in his voice. That's, that's my so, goal in life, you know? Yeah. There's a point no, where there's too much of it. And it's like, oh, I can't listen yeah, to you. No, nah, he's anymore. got a good amount, dude. It literally, he sounds amazing in the videos. So all about the EQ, um, baby. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's probably using and like a like a, a hardware. You know, he makes EQ his and... own hardware and software, dude. Yeah, he does. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. I, I'd make my yeah. own hardware. If like, I could. and he um, but yeah, and he made the great video on drum compression. 
you know, which I still use to this day to help me compress is things. It, is it like parallel compression? No, it's about using... Well, sort it's of. About, he did go over that, yeah. but more like just yeah. trying to hear the effects of it. Oh, I wanted to ask you, Coker, do you use parallel compressing for your vocals? I was curious. No. No, I don't ever. Really? I, you know what I do? You know what I, I do? I use it on everything, man. I throw. The, I have the same setup every time for my stuff. I go either with the TG one two three four five from Waves and just plop that on because that has a preset that I use and it just makes everything sound good. I don't have to add anything else once I add it. Either that or the one I've been using lately. I get the Logics Logics uh, built in Tube EQ. I put the preset on there of Tube vocals. I cranked up the high mids a little bit, and then I add in the Puig Child, which is a Fairchild compression emulator. Uh, I put that on there and put it on the West Coast vocal setting, and it makes this really cool, like how I sort of sound right now, but a bit, you know, better for vocals. It works really well, and I use it for just about everything. And, um, yeah, and it works wonders because I can make, because I'm using a, a Behringer C1 right now uh, for these, and for the thing what I'm talking right now, and I can get my Sure 57 to sound just like this with that setup. So it's a really great setup to have. And um, but no, like like I was talking about with the the dude in the thing, he has a video on this, and I showed this to Austin, and Austin agrees with me. It's an amazing tip that people should know when you're mixing something, and if you're like me and you have a hard time mixing vocals, you take a gain plugin or whatever, you make the master output mono. You crank it down until you can barely just hear it, and you listen. And if you can still make out every part of your song, including the vocals, and if the vocals aren't drowning out anything, you can still adjust it accordingly while it's quiet. If you can hear it, then that tells you whether or not the mix is good. And all you got to do, crank it back up and put it back in stereo, and you should have your mix sounding amazing, depending on how you even... And it's not even going to be the same for every person. It's going to be depending on the person's... It's still going to be depending on your personal taste in the mix. So it's good. It's a great way of doing that. Yeah, that's some good advice. Uh, definitely, like, definitely it's always worth checking out. Obviously, uh, uh, reference or mixes and all kinds of different, uh, you know, audio yeah. outputting devices like your headphones, cell phones. Oh, yeah. Your car stereo is, like, my number one go-to because I listen to most of my music either my AirPods or the, my car stereo. So if it sounds good there... You got something going. Um, oh, yeah. And, I was um, going to say, I guess it's a little off topic from this. Not really, but I almost want to say, like, it's worth trying out different techniques, like, after an album and you're making a new album. Because that's how oh, you get, yeah. like, your different, like, sound. Because, I don't know, like, for me, it's like, I don't want to sound the same exact way every album. I want, like, the next album to be, like, a different sound where it's like, okay, this is, like, a different period of music creation. Owl City is a great oh, yeah. example. I, I Go do that a lot with, to um, All Things Bright and Beautiful. You just hear that dark, stark difference. Or oh, no, yeah, like, even like less subtle, uh, if you go from Maybe I'm Dreaming to Ocean Eyes, you can hear a lot of the same type of sounding in regards to song, but in regards to quality and uh, just like the different like sounding techniques, it's a lot different if you make that transition. Uh, he's good. You know, oh yeah, and there's a, there's a quote from George Martin, uh, the Beatles producer, and it really sort of describes how a person should go about it. Uh, he said that, and it, it's sort of a backwards, so you really need to swap this in order to understand, or, you know, you don't really need to, but it's, it's a good quote, and he didn't necessarily mean it to be a quote, but it's a good thing. He said, what he said was, playing a live show to nobody is like going into the studio and only doing one take. 
Oh, which is, it's a, it's a good quote. I mean, if you swap it, it makes even more sense. Go, you know, doing, going in the studio and doing one take is like going to a live show and playing to nobody. Like it, take, it's man. pointless. Why, why did you even go there? If you're only going to do one take and call it a day. You know? Dude, I have a bad habit. I do the opposite. For my vocal takes, man, sometimes I do like six takes. And like, you don't need six takes. And like, you end up like choosing like the first like two. Well, but I mean, I've been practicing nah, my I vocals. Disagree. I no, disagree. I mean, it's good I to have six, it. But like, for yeah, me I think personally, like, a, I, a lot of the time end up using like between one to three. Yeah, well, um, that's the but point. Sometimes, that's the point. Sometimes I'll do a, a lot take, of times, like, some of those sure early takes are just like warm up takes, you know? Yeah, yeah, I first did, take um, is always okay. a good warm up take. I okay, did a really but, sorry. Go on. Uh, you better I, be sorry. I did a um what was it? Uh I can't remember. Um yeah, no, I, I've been doing a lot of practice with my vocals lately, trying to get them better. Uh first off, the biggest thing is trying to keep on key, but I've been getting I've been able for the first time in my life, you guys are gonna be proud of me because I've always complained about this. I finally can add grit to my singing and finally get that raspy tone that like, you know, proper rock singers. And I actually do it in a way sort of when I do it, I sort of sound like I don't want to brag. I'm not trying to brag. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm right here, but it's the only person I can think of. I sort of have like the same sort of rasp that John Lennon sort of can do. Not to the same degree. I can't sit there and do the screaming that he can do. But like when I'm sitting there and just singing normally, and adding a light bit of rasp, I it, it, I have the same sort of rasp that he does, where it's very light, but it's enough where you can tell that it's sort of a rock sort of voice. Hmm. And I've been able to do that lately. Will we be hearing this on the next album? Uh, no, I don't think you will. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, Coco, you bring up a uh, a specific topic. I want to kind of not really a topic. I so I decided to do a cover of an Angels and Airwaves song again. Uh, it's from the same album as the Soul Survivor cover. It's called uh, "My Heroine." Uh, uh, Moon as my witness. I'm forgetting the, but it's called "My Heroine." And like, even though like I sung pretty much same exact pitch as Tom. Like, if you use a light auto tune, it basically sounds identical. But it just doesn't sound good, and I don't know why. It has something to do with just like. He has this like tone to his voice, kind of like the grit, like you're saying, that I just can't emulate very well. Um, because even though like it's the same notes, I, it's, it's still like voice is like a big part of it, and it's just like, ugh, this cover doesn't sound good, but it should. Frustrating, you know. Sometimes it's more than just uh, pitch there when it comes to like how someone sings. All right, so. I don't know if that's really like relevant to what you're trying to say, but I was I was trying. Yeah, to... Yeah, we're like three stages off topic. Sets. So, uh, Coker, you want to get back to the monitors are not headphones video? Oh yeah, he made a good so House of Kush. Uh, hold on, I gotta say his name with a little bit more. I gotta I gotta say it with more bass in my voice to get it perfect. House yes. of Kush. Kush. Not like not like this. You see how there's no bass in my voice? No, Kush. House of Kush. Hey, Put God, it back in a normal level now. But no, House of Kush, he um, made a good video about people, unless they're in like a professional studio most of the time, people almost never have their monitors far enough. And he talked about how your monitors need to be, in basics, your monitors need to be at a spot from where, like, so that where you're sitting, where you do your mix, you can't stick your arms out and touch them. If you can stick your arms out and touch them, then you're not, then he said in, in a basic terms, he said they're not monitors, they're headphones, and you're not getting any transients. Yeah. 
Oh, that's interesting. See, yeah. I, I don't use monitors. I I can't with my setup currently. That brings up that that gives me that's some good that's good advice there. What I only use I'm a I'm a headphones boy, but if I were to get monitors, I want to get monitors. I just like I don't have the setup for it currently. I mean, neither do I, but I still use mine. Um, but yeah, he he talked about like having that equilateral triangle. Having the monitors 38% in the room, but there's a couple things that I didn't know about. Like the whole, if you can reach out and touch your monitors, they're too close. I'd never heard that before. And I went to school for this sort of stuff. But I mean, it, it does kind of make sense. I mean, you never have it that way in professional studios. That's why people have monitor amps so that you can, um, you know, turn up the volume there instead of reaching over to the monitors and turning up the volume or whatever. And um, also he said... Do not let the woofer height be at 50% of the room height. But I'm good on that. So, yeah. So, that's that. But, yeah, no, I think, um, I wonder how people did, I wonder, like, Austin, how do you master? Very broad <laughs> question, but it's... And I was going to say, that's a pretty vague question. I can answer after you, Austin. I have a setup, sort of. Well, I mean... Answer it now. Go. Do it. Do I need to know. I you think I got all day? Answer it, Austin. <laughs> Go. Uh, uh, Shia Buff just, just do it. Come on. Nothing is impossible. Master your music correctly. Shia LaBeouf 2016. I thought for sure you were going to say John Lennon 2016, but okay. John Lennon 2017. You know, that's like, he. it's him quoting another quote, kind of like the, the, the Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott thing. Oh, man. But anyways, uh... Man, John Dude. Lennon, he plagiarized, man. How could he do can this? I, can I say Dude, my high school yearbook also, uh, butchered I'm my quote? Say that. Because I did the Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky thing, but they cut out the Michael Scott part. I'm so mad still. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but every Lucid Domino song are actually quotes from John Lennon. Yep. Uh, pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, like, if you go back, you cross-references, you'll find uh, it there. Yeah, when I go to Santa Fe, huh? Santa Fe was actually like an exact quote, like word for word, that John word Lennon said in a woohoo's bathroom in SoCal, California. It was just like, nom, nom, nom. Oh, I got to go poop. And as he was pooping, he was like, going back to Santa Fe. New Mexico <laughs> is my place. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> you can look this up. It's on Wikipedia somewhere. I don't it's know. true. It's true. Very true. I don't you guys lie. know the Beatles didn't play a single show in South Carolina. Think about that. Think about that. They, how much they that, they didn't play a wrong. single show in um, Scranton either. Uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. But you didn't know that. Watch it. Watch it. You don't know that. I don't actually know that. Let's see. I'm looking it up. Did, did you guys know that the Beatles never played in North Korea? Dude. They just it just never happened. You know they never they were never able to make it. Okay. Well, no, I couldn't find. Okay. So, listen to this. I couldn't find anything about them playing live shows. So, yeah, that definitely didn't happen. But it's funny you mentioned that because the Capitol Records, the Capitol Records pressing plant, which, you know, Capitol Records was the company that licensed, or they were the label that had the Beatles in America. They actually were located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And apparently the Scranton, Pennsylvania label is apparently, having one made there is apparently much more valuable than other pressing plants because those were the first plants to make their albums. Well, so. you heard it. You heard it here first, folks. So Jacob was partly Jacob kind of 
Jacob was kind of onto something there. I never lie. I was created. In <laughs> no, God's I never. Image. I, I never lie. John Lennon, nineteen sixty-eight. Don't mess with Texas. John Lennon, nineteen seventy-one. Bruh. Four <laughs> scores and seven years ago, We've John Lennon, nineteen seventy-two episodes. I don't think you guys realize this. It may feel like the same day, but we've carried this bit on for two episodes. Oh, it is the same day. It is the same oh, yeah. day. What do you expect? Next week, it's probably going to be like John McCartney quotes. John McCartney. John McCartney. Yeah, what same poop. World? Same poop, different toilet. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna I'm steal that. I'm gonna use that. Okay, Coker, how about you tell us about your acoustic foam? Yes, I know you it's did been it? up for a few. So it's been let's up for go. No wonder he doesn't sound like dog crap. At this point, dude. Yeah, at like the, he still hasn't point, had a chance to talk about it. You know. Yeah. So, so what happened was, I bought some acoustic foam. I put it all up with Jake with Austin. I could tell you guys about the whole fiasco, but basically. Greeleyville, South Carolina had a thumbtack shortage. <laughs> a great thumbtack shortage, which prevented me from getting the oh-so-needed thumbtacks and instead That's, having to resort That is oddly to, specific. I love it. it. Yeah, yeah, we had a real thumbtack shortage over here. No, We're really, really running on, on, okay, on fumes here. Okay. Greeleyville is such a small town, dude. 300, barely over 300 people. Okay? okay. The, the Dollar General... Ran out of thumbtacks. No, they did not. Shut up. And, and so did every other store here. What? And so I had to buy command strips. And it wasn't even proper command strips you could actually put them on. No, it was the crappy ones that have the little little Velcro crap on them. I had to rip the Velcro off and just leave the thumb, the ripped up command strip. Until I finally found some thumbtacks, which by the way, Austin, I did find some thumbtacks. And I replaced all the ones with command strips with proper thumbtack ones. So there we go. Yay. And I finally got them all put up. And I then I was like, huh, there's like no sound difference. And Austin was like, Austin was like, well, Coker, just get the bass traps. And I was like, okay. So I went and got the bass traps. I put them up in the corners. Those, yeah, those and little I, ones I, I, here, really don't here. do much overall. They just tame the flutter yeah. echoes. But yeah. You know, I, I do want to say, and I may have said this in a previous episode, uh, that you'll hear... A significantly bigger difference if you start with bass traps than if you start with just regular acoustic panels. Always start with bass traps. We promise you it's the ah, way to go. Always ah, start with bass traps. You guys hear Always. that? You guys hear that? Ah, ah, ah. It's still awful. I want to get, I want to get, I want to get one of the ones that's like massive that I can yeah, slap you gotta get on the, a wall. You got to get the big boys like I and me and Austin have. Those are like the good ones. Those are the beefy cakes. Hey, where are you ordering them from? Uh, old Amazone. Dog, you gotta get the foam factory. What are you doing? Yeah, or you don't hear a difference. Out. That's why you don't hear a difference. Or uh, buying the cheap freaking Amazon crap. Also, also though, the foam factory prices will be even cheaper. And I'll send you that link. I know for sure they are rated to be fire resistant. They'll self extinguish. Um, I don't know about the Amazon ones. It depends which ones you got. Uh, I guess. Well, how about this? How about this? Uh, I'll get the big bass traps off there, and if they don't do nothing, then I'm just giving up. I'll do. No, with you'll it. you'll you'll hear it that if you do that, I promise. And if I'm wrong, let's see here, Foam Factory. Let's see. What, dude, dude, dude? This website's so great. How come it looks like my grandma's website from 1998? What's going on with this? It's like Rick. Yes, this almost is, it does. No, it ain't even as but, bad as Rickenbacker. Or, or no, 
Rick, have you guys seen Rickenbacker's website? Rickenbacker's website no. is literally stuck in like Who 1992. Who goes to the Rickenbacker's website? Because their guitars are like some of the best out there. Have you not? You don't know who Rickenbacker is, Jacob? I, I definitely knew. But yes, the Foam Factory's website is a little unassuming. Like if I did, if I didn't go off of Austin's reference, I never would have ordered from them. But they are like the go-to foam. All right, let's people. look at this. Um. Give me some seats off there. I don't want no sound foam. Give me some seats. Okay. Put some, I'll, tape, I'll put some teep seats on my walls. What's the difference between the shapes? Because I see acoustic wedge, acoustic pyramid, acoustic egg crate, acoustic spade, acoustic wave, grid. Um, the difference is most of those are shaped to be more like diffusers as well as absorbers and like the shapes dictate like where they how they diffuse the things wedges are the best overall oh so let's see base oh if you get broad... wedges guys if you get wedges get three inch or or more at I least guess, but at least three more. inch okay so i'm looking at, i don't see the big ones though all i see is a block with some thing where you can put base the traps on. corner traps yeah. it might be called corner traps yeah it's called corner traps oh uh, no i'm talking about the big wall ones man yeah they were corner traps no, no, he's no. talking about like the. You're talking about like um. Oh, like you need like nails. Nine foot. No, the ones that like the giant ones that you don't. Ones, the, the ones you don't sheets. put up in a corner. The ones you put on your oh, wall. Oh, I do, I don't think they sell those. Why do you want those? Amazon's got them. Boom. Don't get those. Well, I mean, maybe you could, but we're you should just get the. Uh, <laughs> they're, like, they're like forty dollars. I mean, so boom. Just get, well, there's a reason they're forty dollars. <laughs> if, dude, if you're gonna go that route, just make them. Get rock wool and wood. Dude, that's true. Uh, nah, Rockwell will make you die. Rockwell will give you throat poisoning. Okay, Rockwell. No, I thought it was Rockwell that wouldn't do that. Rockwell is well, awful if, for you. If you're in a, if you're in a you nice sure? ventilated room, are you I guys? Do you guys not know that? Do you guys know that Rockwell is like insanely bad for you? I'm. Th are you sure? I thought that was something Look, else. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's not insulation. Not only, it's rock not wool. only not only is Rockwell unfriendly to the environment, it's also potentially harmful to your health. New blocks contain a lot of dust and loose fibers that can get in your eyes, mouth, skin, and lungs. If you use well, that's why you wrap it with like that's why you wrap it with like fabric. By the way, I sent a new link. Uh, the grid type is what you want for like the really expensive type. You'll see the size. Dang, I'm paying that much. No, are those for I happily play the thirty dollar for Amazon. Wait, what? What are what are the wedges? What are the what are the grids for, Austin? That's what he was thinking of. No, I don't think it is. Okay, can we move on? No, 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 that's not what I'm thinking of. I'll show you guys what I know. I know what Coker's talking about. Oh, baby, I know what you're talking about. Three hundred and ninety-nine dollars. That's of a Sweetwater suit. It's a deal, apparently. Look at that, son. Whoo, that right there. That oh that's like what I didn't mean to say. You that. sent us a link to Salisbury Hill again. Last episode's topic. Look, look time to move look, on, okay. man. Look, I'll explain. All right, God's my my God's keyboard is like broken Drake. very badly. Dude, Coker. Oh, I wanted right. to make this a top. Oh, another there. thing I could flex. It's I didn't sent. get to talk about it last episode, guys. I got a new MacBook Pro finally. I got a, like an actual good one. I didn't. I don't have the piece of crap 2017 anymore. Guys. I have a 2020 M1 chip Apple MacBook Pro, and it's awesome. It's sick. Hey guys, never mind. Never mind. I gave up. Dude, I know. I know what you're. I know what Coker's talking about. Okay, look at this, son. 
Hold up. Boom! That's what I'm talking about. Big boys. You act like you proved the point. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Those, those do go in corners. Never mind. Well, Okay, n- no. see, that was my confusion, all right? So they do go in, they do go in corners. They just sort of are like stand, stood up in the corners. Gus and Eddie use those. The cool, the cool thing about those ones is they look a lot more modern, you know? They look pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I so disagree. Boom! I said boom! Bully! Total so get that. Austin's hating this because literally like 90% of like the audio is just like a perfect square away from me just going boom! <laughs> Dude, I guess I guess I can see the, the peaks being like uh yeah, you know, buzzed off at the top from doing that boom. Audacity is like, no, uh ain't having it. No, it's technically not a serious interface it's, that no, ain't having it's, it, it's but actually okay. it's logic. Stupid so focus, right? Boom! Take that, you stupid interface. Take that, Behringer mixer that I hate. Boom! You know what? Screw you, focus, right? I'm getting an Apollo twin. I bet I could go boom with less hairs cut off, you idiot. I don't know. You're actually. done? Dude, 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 no, no, no. I'm dude, done. Nobody. <laughs> you guys. Dude, you guys, no, nobody. John Lennon opening up revolution. Boom! <laughs> that one clips for sure, man. That's literally what he does though. In the opening, he's like, he's like, John Lennon, nineteen seventy-two. John Lennon was like, he's like in this groovy little riff I found, and he's like, Imagine he originally wrote Megalovania, but then he got assassinated. Turns out it was Toby Fox going back in time to take the rip from him. <laughs> Dude, That's genius. Weird. Okay, let's. I'm All gonna right, ask you guys done. a question. That's uh, we got we got something to talk about. That's the main topic of this episode. All right, All right? What's up? what? It's what? something that I've been looking forward to for about three days. Okay, today me and my co-hosts are going to create the official. Officially licensed extra reverb coker scale of stringed instruments. Yeah! Boom! Boom! Let's go! Can you can you can you stop booming? John Lennon so, 1978. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> I I'm gonna let me let me let so me take this. Please let me take please this tell ahead. us the criteria. Let me for take this, this scale. ahead. So I'm gonna sit down for this one. I've created a scale. Please post a picture of it too, by the way. Whew. I've been standing up this entire episode. I have created a scale, which uh, the idea is to effectively label stringed instruments based upon certain, you know, things. Criteria. Sort of a criteria. Yeah, exactly. So I've created two ends of a scale, uh, which I will I'll send a picture of in the chat for Austin to put on the screen for everybody. And it's a scale which is, it has a left end and a right end. The left end is labeled as codophone, and the right end is labeled as harphone. You just so made those words I, up, didn't you? No, I didn't. I actually, yeah. So I came up, so I realized, so if you guys don't know, there is a thing called a kodo. So a kodo is a Japanese I instrument. I knew and that. the idea of it, uh, this for the people who don't know, sorry, we're not all geniuses like you, Jacob. I right? know. I get but it. I, there can't the be idea, more than one. So a Kodo has the main sort of gimmick of a Kodo, if you will, is that it has a, what's the word? It has a little thing in the center of it, which separates two ends of the same string. And what's like a bridge sort of. Yeah. Not really. What this, 
what yeah what this lets you do is it lets you play both ends of the same string and so the i've sort of figured out is that every stringed instrument you know every stringed instrument has some form of that so it either has that or sorry it either has that or it has like a harp because everyone knows a harp doesn't have something like that a harp just goes straight into a knob which tunes it and so i created this chart where on the far left you have instruments that are more like a kodo where they have that separation to play the both sides of the strings. And then you have ones that are more like a harp where they don't have that. And you'd be surprised every instrument falls somewhere on that scale. And so we figured out the guitar is actually the true middle because the guitar, although it is a codophone, it, it would, by the way, that's what you describe them as. So a codophone is an instrument that lies more toward that has a bridge and this scale by the way doesn't determine whether or not it's a codophone or not this scale just determines the degree of it if you want to determine a codophone or a harphone you just look at it it's you, you just gotta go ask your dad see what he thinks about yeah, it yeah exactly hey so hey coker i gotta say real quick yeah. i think it's funny that like you came up with that at school it's like you're just like oh no oh yeah this y is equals mx plus b and you're like nah you know, you know this. I came up with this in chemistry class. That shows you how much I like chemistry class. Hey that, man, uh, I did true. a whole different thing. If this so, becomes like a new revolutionary biology. thing, you could say like, you know, this is what chemistry taught me. Yeah. So, but yeah. So but we're gonna you, think of a bunch of different stringed instruments and see where they fall. Yeah. So yeah. So a guitar. Yeah, and so like we I'll tell you, a guitar, guitar is right in the, in the middle because a guitar has it. First off, it's a codophone. A guitar is a codophone because the bridge lets you actually in fact you can do something very so a good example of it because the one of the big things about a kodo is you can pluck one side of the string and then change the pitch of it by bending the other side of the string yeah and you could do that on a guitar because it has the same sort of thing in fact if you yeah. ever listen to iron man by black sabbath the little ear that's done by that that's caused by that sound so a guitar is a codophone but the point is is that the strings are so short on the other end that you can't, you know, there's no real point in having, you know, you well, can't really play them. The, except for the pitch bending thing. I had completely well, yeah, forgotten exactly. about that. So maybe it's not true middle. Maybe it's more to the codophone side. But anyways, okay. It, it, so, it makes more sense to have it as a true middle. Okay. All right, then. Or no, maybe a mandolin. Maybe a mandolin could be a true middle because the strings on that are so tight. You can't bend Madeline them. Island? Is that what you said? A mandolin. I feel like a... Well, either way, a mandolin and a guitar, they're somewhere in the middle because although they do have the bridge and they are a codophone, they, you, you know, the other side of the string is so useless, you know? So... All right, so then let's get started on some other ones. First off, how about the orchestral string families? Uh, orchestral uh, string are, family instruments uh, violins because and I would think... They are they would more be codophone because yeah, you got like a lot more of the string that's on the other side of the bridge. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm looking at a cello right now and you've got at least a good foot on the other side of the... Oh, yeah. So another instrument that I figured out would be on there would be a, uh, a harpsichord. Funny enough, people associate a harpsichord, a clavichord, and a piano very closely together because they're all keyboard instruments. But I figured out, a, a you know, a harpsichord... harpsichord. And a it's different because it's plucked. It, they're on, yeah, they're on a harp end. They're more on the harp end, and the piano is more on the kodo end, because the piano has the has actually has a bridge. I forget a piano technically is a stringed instrument. 
Yeah, and it's just hammered. I never think about it, but it's true. In fact, when you really think, in fact, when you really look at it, Jacob, a, a clavichord and a harpsichord are actually they use the same. They're plucked. They're like plucked like a guitar, except you use a key to make them pluck. Yeah, it's like a machine. Man, our piano's beautiful. Are yeah. you guys more of a grand piano guy or an upright piano guy? Upright. What about you, Austin? I like both, but I would say grand, but I like both. Yeah, I gotta go grand. There's a reason it's called grand. It's granular. What about baby grand? I don't even know if granular is a word. <laughs> granular is a word. It just is it does really? not mean that. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna look up what granular is. A harpsichord means. is also, uh, or no, granular. not a harpsichord. A sitar would also be along those lines. A sitar then, would also be more of a kodo mm-hmm. because a sitar has a bridge. Yeah. Then you've got uh, the psaltery or zithers or lyres. Those are all pretty much mini harps, so they're definitely on yeah. the harp end. Urban Dictionary defines granular as having greatness, the act of being awesome. And the Urban Dictionary is the all right, correct dictionary of the world. So clearly that's what it means. Yeah. Um, well, no, Austin, a zither wouldn't be a... A zither has a little bridge section. Really? Hold on. Let yeah. me look at it. I'm looking at it right now. There's a little... Right near, right before the strings hit, there's a little part where it hits a bridge and it tightens okay. up. Okay, well, never mind then. Obviously, uh, obviously, I got that wrong. The psaltery and the lyre, though. Yeah. No, um, I figured out there's an inst- a Chinese instrument called an erhu, and erhu also has. Yeah. Erhu is also most definitely a kodo type because it literally has a bridge in it. It's one of the main things about it, you know. Yeah, it's like the it's like the. Chinese fiddle, right? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Also want to point out, you can buy an air who off of Walmart. Just saying. Interesting. I'd have to do really? that. Yeah. $113. I'm going to buy it right now. But yeah, no, um, it's that de- I noticed that though. A lot more of the, it's weird. A lot more instruments follow under the Kodo type more than the harp type. Yeah. Cause so because, many of them have bridges, you know? Yeah. Because I think, you know, uh, I, honestly, it's gotten to the point where I don't even think you can really, I think it's almost to the point where you need to reconsider whether or not a bridge alone should justify it being a codophone. Because who knows, the zither, you know, the bridge might not even, the other side of the strings might not even be playable on it, you know? Yeah. And they might, they might still ring throughout the whole string anyway. And, you know. Uh, what about, okay, how about this? What about something like a harp guitar? Wait, hold on. That has a bridge. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, let yeah, me think. Uh, uh, well, I guess then what you have witnessed here is the first draft of the Coker scale of stringed instruments. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I've sort of came up with the naming, too. You can come up with, you can name instruments based alone on the scale. So, like, I've sort of came up with a naming system, and I use a piano as an example. A piano is right in the middle of the harf of from right in the middle of the codophone scale from the true middle, which is the mandolin. Yeah. It's in the middle. It's in between the middle and the codophone far left. So the way you name it, you describe what you, the note, the notational system of it. So like a guitar has frets, a piano has keys. So a piano would be a keyed hammer or key hammered. Get that key hammered, Midway codophone. 
Wow, very complicated. I'm gonna be this, this scale. Like this a, scale. That's a lot of words. So would we have like a vertical axis for like threats or no threats? Um, that's kind of no. no. That's an, that's an either or. So never mind. It, yeah, it wouldn't be a scale. It wouldn't. It would just be a way of describing it. It wouldn't even be yeah. the way you classify it is codophone, harphone. But you can name it with the, you know, and you can classify it even further with it, you know. But uh, my main goal is to just make every future college musician's life miserable. That's my main goal. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make them hate school for music because I guarantee you, if this blows up and it becomes a thing, you're gonna have all the snobby friends. Well, in order to pass my class, you must name what type of instrument and where this falls on the Coker scale. On the Coker scale, <laughs> love it. You know, I want something name off my name, you know, something like, oh, the theory of Jacob or something like that. The domino theory. Jacob's law means, oh, if it's a chronophone. The domino theory. Oh, yeah. yeah, but no, like. The domino effect. Actually, the domino effect is a real term, and I think it has something to do with <laughs> communism. All right, you don't, so, you, you, do you, so think about I, this. I say think the about domino this, effect right? for a lot of things. Think about this. So, you know, um, technically. No, no. Are we not going to acknowledge the fact that Jacob Dutton doesn't know what the domino effect is? No, we're not. Um, so you know how, like, Why? on guitars, Jacob, you have Jacob, the bridge. Jacob, what, do, what does a have... row of dominoes do if you push one in it? What does it do? Okay, no, I know what that is, but domino. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I said correct. It's called a domino theory. And that's what's ref- that was the term they used for you know uh, countries falling into right, the cool. hands now of communism. Go, Austin, you can go now. <laughs> okay, so if you think about it, guitars are kind of like guitars are kind of like double codos. Because think about this, all right? Yeah, you've got the main part of the strings that you play, and then you've got the part of the strings past the nut into the tuning pegs, and then you've got the part of the strings after the bridge that you can also pluck, and bending either one of those will also bend the pitch of the main thing. That's true. That's true. Interesting. That's true. Uh, the plot that thickens. Is, that is that is pretty interesting, and so would be the. But that we can't we can't classify that because that'd be too confusing. Uh, it would but, not uh, without not without major retooling of the scale. Yeah. But get this. Or maybe the codos could be true middle at that point, but then you couldn't use codophone as a name, which is sad, because that's a cool name. But anyways, okay, so I got a couple more things. Um, Actually, no, sorry. I got one more thing that can be classified on the harp end. You know what it is? What? A washtub bass. Yeah! <laughs> we got it! We got it! We got another Let's go one. with the ultimate harp instrument. The ultimate harphone, we the washtub bass. My favorite one. Yeah. You ever played Perfect. one of those, by the way, in real life? Because I have. It's scary. scary. Yeah, it, it is a little bit, but it's, it's still <laughs> kind of fun. I played it. It was pretty fun. So, uh, with that said, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, the that's first a cool... draft. We, we're thinking. You can, you can tell we're, we're actually thinking on the podcast. We're actually doing some thinking for once. How about that? Doing some thinking. We're doing some fear, making some theories. Each we ought to let bros. people come together, come forth with their ideas of. Please put you know, your ideas for the Coker scale of stringed instruments in the comments. Yeah, where things should fall. Tag us on Twitter. Just yeah. tweet it to us. We'll, yeah, we'll read out yeah, the tweets. Yeah. Oh, I you thought know, of another harphone. Speaking of social media, man, one of us needs to cough up the money for SoundCloud Pro Unlimited so we can like actually get our podcast out on other platforms. All right, everybody vote on three. One, two, three. Three, Jacob. Not Jacob. Wait, what? I don't, I don't, wait, what? I don't get it. 
What, what, what are we He's asking this? for somebody to pay for SoundCloud Premium so we can upload more episodes. Oh. Yeah, Jacob. Okay, okay, look. It's $140 a year uh, to do that on SoundCloud, okay? Uh, to have me PlayStation Plus for a year, it's like 90 bucks or whatever. I also pay for that. Now I have to pay $90 a month to be in the Angels and Airways fan club, okay? You think why I got some money for this? That's why, a month. Why, I'm at a year. Question. I'm at a year. A question. Yeah. A question. Why do you need to be in the Angels and Airways ooh, fan club? Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. This could be a small topic real quick. So here are the benefits if you do the $90 thing on, on, their new, on the new club, okay? Uh, the premium membership card gets you, one, access to the members-only merch booth that headline shows, two, discounts on select merch items at a live show, you get a bag of coffee made by one of the guys in the band, you get a, you get an Empire Club exclusive 3x5-foot uh, flag, a birthday message from ABA when it's your birthday, you get first access to concert tickets, VIP packages, and meets and greets, you get monthly live streams, chats, Q&A, and other fun interviews with the band, you get first access to listening and viewing parties for the upcoming record, music videos, and beyond. Access to the Empire Club exclusive merch store and merch offers. Exclusive access to the vault of unseen AVA content. Exclusive access to the creative process with never-before-heard demos, studio footage, and interviews with the band. Access to a private member form. Receive 10% year-long discount in an AVA official merch store. And receive a 10% birthday discount in the Empire Club official merch store. Man, I wonder if I joined a paid Owl City fan. Dude, club, I would, would so pay for that. Send me some music. Dude, I think Owl City. Man, you didn't even let me finish my joke. Oh, Come on, I didn't man. know it was a joke. I thought you were saying something. I'm sorry, man. What was your joke? Man, I wonder if I joined a paid Owl City fan club. He would actually. One of the perks would actually be that he would actually upload some music. Let's go! I would pay for that. Dude, nice. yeah. Austin, Yo, speaking anyways, of... Okay, right, hang, on, so, hang on, hang on, Speaking of, Austin, do you remember the Galaxy Club? Were you Owl City fan yeah, back then? Yeah, that was... What uh, yeah, was I, that? I vaguely remember it. I wasn't in it, but... It, I wasn't uh, in was it because like a, I was an Owl City fan Owl back City then. Galaxy. Owl City Galaxy. There was an app slash fan club site thing. But yeah, it was an app. Man, that's cool. And um, so he would upload some videos to it. Wait, Austin, did I ever tell you I bought I bought the single for Deer in the Headlights? It's the one that was like specifically for promotional use. Like they send us like radio stations and stuff. And I bought like an official CD of it uh, from Discord. Any difference from the album version? Nope, it's the same song. But the CD is different. It's like real demo-y. It's cool. Boys, I just found two new Harphones in the thing. They're yeah, both, I found another one Of too. course, they're, they're both from... Uh, they're both from Eastern Europe, so you have or Baltic area. So you have a Galduka, a Galdolka, and a Comense. I th- or no, not a Comense. Wait, would it go under that? Um, I don't know. I can't hold up. I need to get a good picture of it. But um, I can tell you for a fact, a Galdolka does not. It goes straight from the string right into the tuning peg. Yeah, um, I'm looking at a Gurchen, Gurchen, something like that. It's a Chinese instrument, but yeah, they call it, um, oh no, it's, it, it looks kind of like a lap steel, except it's seven strings, and yeah. Oh, hey, a Kamen- okay, so I was right, a Comenche, I think it's Comenche, does, also doesn't have a nut, it goes straight into the strings. So there you go, two new harphones. Those look beautiful, I should sample that for every loose domino record from here on but yo we forgot like one of the most famous harphones ever what the auto harp 
That's true. That's true. All right. All right. All right. All right. That's fun. That's fun. But anyways, uh, so with that in mind, it looks like we have come to the end of another fun episode of Extra Reverb. Any oh, final man, thoughts? man, let's record a third one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, right? I, I can't because it, right? I can't because my my dad just texted me and said, "What are you doing?" Which is not a good sign. So I probably need to be getting home in a little bit. Nice. I could play us out again if you want. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yes. All right, boys, get ready. Oh. Uh. All right, let's do this. You ready? Hold up, hold up, hold up, real quick. Here's a traditional 9-8 belly beat. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The first time I saw her.